Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of In-Game Live right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. That's what Jared and I do. We talked a lot yesterday. We are going to have the, the next two hours taking you around the world of sports and hopefully how to make a little bit of money off of it, Jared. You know, we're getting close to coming back. We just talked about it. Even here in New York City, where people know you and I both are, the epicenter, right, of the coronavirus, where we had more cases than literally any other country on the planet, we're opening up tomorrow into phase one of businesses. I know you were talking about it before. Yesterday you mentioned you had to go get your hair cut in Central Park. It clearly <laughs> looked like you have. Things are coming up roses for you, Jared. How you feeling? Listen, it, this is the most and, – and, Dane, you you know uh, New York City every day. Hmm? They give you a nugget, something yeah. you've never seen. But It's like going to the baseball stadium. You go to the baseball park every day. You see something you've never seen before. I got one of the best haircuts of my walking by people were, Yeah, people were walking by like, what's this guy doing? Uh, but my guy Herman, who obviously was a, you know, he's a barber. He got laid Herman off. Herman the uh, barber, shout Herman out. Herman the barber, shout out. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, was, it was a good haircut. I mean, like he did. I hear you had to wait online. You had to wait online. It was a slight line. There was one person behind me. Uh, so I did have to wait online, but it was nice. I was just sitting outside in Central Park waiting. Like, it was, I, I wasn't. You know, I could use the fresh air. Lord knows that. I'm going to ask you more questions about Herman throughout this oh, show Herman. because people want to know. But I digress. Let's get on into it. We talked a lot 
Jared, about the NBA deal and the prospect of returning to play yesterday. I want to zone in a little bit here because now some of the details are coming into focus. I want to ask you about, you know, the league calendar. We've yeah. talked about this so much, Jared, right? Like months ago, we were talking about how lucky the NFL was, right? That they were able to conduct business as usual with elements of their league calendar. And quite frankly, I understand, okay, we're going to have training camp. We're going to go to Orlando. We're going get to get it going. Those are not the pieces of the league calendar that I'm worried about. What I want to ask you about is, you know, the transition from this year after someone, whether it's Kawhi Leonard or Giannis or LeBron, are late raising the Larry O'Brien trophy until yeah. – when we tip off again, right? Like, think about all the normal league business that happens, right? Ping pong balls, the draft, free agency, um, the following seasons, you know, preseason and runway that has to happen, like we know it has to happen right now in the bubble. Um, that's going to be compromised in some very interesting ways, right, Jared? Yeah, and I, I do think it was a bit of a overreach. It was like a heat check uh, ah, for Adam yes. Silver. The you know, balloon. It, the Chris yeah, Kringle you know, trial balloon. <laughs> because we had all these things that were kind yeah. of ready to roll, but we weren't sure where they would all fit into the grand right. scheme of things. And now that we actually are looking at the dates, and when I say the dates, I not only mean the season, but the free agency, the draft, mm -hmm. a lot, all these things. And when you look at them kind of laid out in that timeline, you're like, wait a minute, that it almost looks like there's no break at all. It's just like a straight, okay. you know, it's like a linear, just, you know, it the season not. just never ends. It's just, right. it's it's constant. So exactly. uh, I, I do think they will take a harder look at that timeline as we get further along in the process. For now, it's exciting to think that we could have, uh, you know, an October 12th game seven and then a December 1st opening night. But I think that's a like, little how bit do you fit the draft and free agency and preseason in what you're diagramming out is like six, seven weeks. I don't think you can. And I think we're going to hear a lot more probably. I think right now we're just so excited that the season's right. coming back that we're not we're, we're kind the of you know, pushing the off. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're pushing that off. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought overall Adam Silver had a very interesting 24 hours. I thought that it was a win with the season and then he went on TNT and he kind of spilled his guts a little bit. And we heard some interesting sound bites that were taken probably a little bit too harsh by some elderly or not elderly, just older coaches. Yeah. Uh, and then that had to get walked back and now yep. we're getting the timeline. And I think that might get walked back cause it's been, you know, Listen. met with some pushback. So I, I think you're, you're right. I think the honeymoon phase of this is over once we get past the season. The season mm -hmm. is the honeymoon phase. We're going to have sure. a season. The, yeah, there's not going to be any games. Yeah, there. that's going to be great. It's it's what happens. And we talked about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. To me, the most fascinating part of the NBA scenario is not the season. We're going to get a season. It's that after season, preseason next year that I'm fascinated with how the push and pull works out. Because I think what I've learned this week is – the NBA is further than other leagues in terms of in one league in particular, in mm -hmm. terms of getting games but... back. But they're a little <laughs> further apart with how this impacts future situ situations. Whereas Major League Baseball might actually end up being better off in the long run if they play the season that is poor for them short term. That's right. Whereas the NBA probably could have gotten away with robbing Peter of this season to, mm -hmm. to get next season back. It, it is kind of interesting how they're in opposite scenarios where the NBA probably would have been better off just punting 
and getting ready for next season, even right. though that's not what the fans wanted. Clearly, the fans wanted the games. But it, whereas Major League Baseball needs that little slice of whatever season just to keep the people right. invested. So it's interesting how they're both leagues are kind of on different sides of this. No, absolutely. And I've been continuing to say as we get in the formal stages of the process and how some of these things may come to light. You know, I do want to touch on a lot of this. One of the things you mentioned were some of the comments about some of the older coaches. You know, one of these details, right, is this idea of, you know, they are indoors. You can't socially distant. Well, you're supposed to be wearing a mask, right? And so here's the deal. The players are not going to be wearing masks. We think about that. But some of these coaches, these head coaches, are also at high risk by pure fact of their age. Okay? And so you talked about a guy like uh, D'Antoni, I think, was vocal about this. And here's what it is. It's not that you don't want to necessarily seem weak, right? But if you pick and choose certain coaches who can't wear the or have to wear these masks, D'Antoni made the point, listen, he's in essence a free agent coach after this year. And you don't want another team thinking, hey, this guy may, you know, have to take a leave of absence because of bad health or or anything. Now, however valid that is or not, you know, we put it on a continuum. You told me yesterday, right, that if I don't want to get on the five train for a little longer because I have asthma, that that's valid. So who in the hell knows, that's right? Right. So who knows here? And so if D'Antoni doesn't want this to, you know, cloud the perceptions of others, it's it sounds valid also. Yet another interesting detail here, and I'd ask, forget about these head coaches, what about these referees? Does that mean mm. Dick Babetta is not going to be out there anymore? Is he still refing in the league? I, honestly I don't know, that. but come on now. We're going to see younger refs. We talked about the judging in the yes. UFC recently in this comeback. Imagine it was only inexperienced refs because those over a certain age range couldn't, you know, do their job under, you know, who knows, right? So... I, I think the interesting part with the Mike D'Antoni comments was how quickly they were walked back. Uh, it was like it, it wasn't in, in terms of the, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of the social landscape, it, it wasn't obviously on the same level as what happened with Drew Brees. But in terms of the, the, the swiftness in the remorse for the comments, uh, yeah. they were pretty, they were, it was pretty uh, uh, push pull with, he said them and then probably what an hour or two later, uh, right. we were hearing on social media that, that he had he had apologized for them and that he probably jumped the gun. I I don't blame Silver here for those comments because I, I almost it's almost like it kind of reminds me of a situation when a really good team loses and sometimes it's it's easy to place blame on that team, but sometimes you have to give credit to the other team for winning. In this case, I give credit to Ernie Johnson and his team for getting that information out of Silver because it was a very unique interview setting and and it was the first time we've really heard from Adam in that relaxed setting where he probably felt a little more comfortable than he should have. And he probably said some things kind of like the MLB situation that were probably better left for behind closed doors. And that's been the most positive part of the NBA scenario right. so far. We haven't it's seen all, how the sausage is made just it's yet. It's all been done behind that's closed right. doors. There's been this no Blake Snell, Snell public. Exactly. This was our first glimpse into how the right. sausage is being made, that they're actually talking about coaches over the age of 65. I don't want to say discriminatory, but treating them differently than a, a 40-year-old head coach or an assistant Where coach. someone's going to have a problem. Yeah, exactly, where someone will be offended. So uh, it it was the first time that we got the glimpse behind the curtain, and you saw how it was met. It was met with pushback, and it was immediately retracted. So I think Adam will be much more careful in the future to reveal some of those, you know, little details that in the grand scheme of the restart are little, but when you say them in the public forum and then they get dissected the way that they were, 
they become bigger than they were. And I think that's an interest. It actually is kind of comparative to the Drew Brees thing where Drew would have said these things three years ago when we're not in the middle of an A pandemic, B global outrage of protesting probably wouldn't have gotten as much attention considering the circumstances and the timing. Whereas if Adam said these things after the restart and was like, yeah, we were thinking about maybe putting masks on the coaches that were older, probably right. wouldn't have gotten met with the same pushback. Timing, as you know, in life is everything. Absolutely. And if Blake Snell didn't lead with the money, but instead yeah. led with the fact that he was worried about the health concerns, it would be a different conversation. I want to pass, I want to ask you a couple more things that struck me as interesting about the schedule and the timing of all of these details that we're finding. You know, Jared, we're only a couple months removed from the NFL draft. And I remember NFL GMs being like, hey, we need to push back the draft. We don't have enough time with the incomplete information that we have, right? And that was like a legitimate thing that GMs were saying. Can you imagine now you talked about this whole offseason business happening in five or six weeks or two months or whatever the course may be, right? Kevin Durant injured his Achilles in the NBA finals, right? So it's very possible that there is something that happens in early October that dramatically changes the needs of teams, right? And free agency and the draft and this condensed thing. And again, GMs are gonna be in a place where they have incomplete information, this time off a college season that never even got completed. Yeah. Do they have some kind of gripe here? They do. I, I think I, I think the the And in the NFL, we were like, hey, it's on you. Figure it out. Oh well. Yeah, I, I think. I think it's fair. It's kind of like when you when you when you complain to your boss about something at work where you're maybe not complaining to the hope of changing it, but you're just complaining to or not complaining. Maybe that's not the right word, but you're just bringing it to their attention because you want them to know that you might be at a handicap and you might need there might be some other requests or complaints okay. or nudges uh, in the future based on this issue. So. I think the NFL draft at the end of the day went off pretty smoothly, but yes, I'm sure there were some teams that wish they had more time and right. there might be some questions down the road about, man, I don't know if after some of those busts become busts. Yeah, exactly. That's it's almost like yeah, hindsight's 2020 though. Yeah. I, I think overall the NBA draft will be okay. Maybe you push it back a couple of weeks. I think overall everything will get pushed back. Uh, how much? I don't know. I think, you know, pushing something back from December 1st to January 1st. It's not like a, a huge change, uh, but I what do think need we need to know though, Chad, because we're coming up against the break, right? Is that there's still a lot of details that we got to work out, right? On, on all sorts of legs of this tripod, be it logistical health or financial. And we're going to still talk about them. You've also been talking about opening up the books in Major League Baseball. We do that to the best of our ability as well. It's in-game live here on a Sunday, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Come on right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, daily show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out... 
F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to In Game Live here on Sports Grid. Dane and Jared going around the world of sports, going deep into some of like the devil of the details that we have to work out in a lot of these sports. We'll talk a little bit about Major League Baseball, maybe Major League Soccer coming up. Continuing our, you know, look at the NFL in terms of news and notes and what's going on there, and hopefully we even get it to another position for fantasy baseball. But Jared, the real question that I've got to ask you, you and Herman, uh, how did you keep it socially distant? And during the haircut, um, I was wearing a mask. Herman was also wearing a mask. Unfortunately, that's kind of goes against what a haircut can do. The socially distant part of it, you, you, it's kind of hard to get someone a haircut. So I just trusted Herman that that he didn't have COVID and 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 he was protecting himself properly with gloves and with a mask. So listen, I I do think we're getting to a point now 
that you know New York City on Friday reported zero deaths yep, from coronavirus. Yep. Officially opening tomorrow, you know, phase yeah, one. Yeah, opening on Monday, phase one, phase two, I would imagine not too far behind. Again, the looming specter of how these protests affect mm-hmm. the numbers yeah. is TBD. But I'll say this. Right. A, crisis B. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> if, if yeah, Take your pick. Um, if we don't get a significant spike from the protests mm-hmm. and loot and riot and there is no spike from coronavirus, then why can't we go sit in a restaurant peacefully and have a meal? Uh, I, I think that – and I'm not saying that coronavirus is totally gone. We should ignore all of the practices we put in place. But to close businesses because of it and affect people's lives in a negative way from an economic standpoint – when mm-hmm. we could riot and loot in the streets and there's no massive uh, effect uh, in terms of the spike in the numbers, I, I think it's time for our, our leaders to say, okay, three months of, of, of yeah. quarantine is enough. It's time to lift it. So obviously we won't find out about that until probably next week. Yeah. Um, but when we do get those numbers back, if there is no significant spike, I personally will be rioting against keeping businesses closed because what is the point if we can loot and protest and can't go get a meal mm-hmm. at our favorite restaurant? Yeah, absolutely. One of those businesses will be the NBA, the National Basketball Association. And we were looking at kind of, I guess you call it kind of like gripes on some level or people will respond or noticing of imbalances, right, that you mentioned. We talked about some of the uh, people that may have to wear a mask inside these bubbles when the playoff tournament gets going on. Another thing I thought was interesting, if you look at the schedule again, you know, and you talk about tipping off next season, right, Jared, you know, some teams – Right. Call it the the finalists in the East, the finalists in the West. Right. Four teams will be playing games in maybe early October. Right, Jared? You know, potentially or the very, very end of September, let's say. Right. We already know eight teams will have played their last official game in early March, Jared. Talk about a difference there. Right. The eight teams that will not resume their season in Orlando. Right. Have, in essence, already played their final yeah. game of this season and will not play again in a regular season game until December 1st, right? Wow. Meanwhile, other teams, like you mentioned, will have that really condensed, whether it's a rest thing, whether it's a being in the flow thing. One thing I know is that that is a dramatic difference, right, Jared? I mean, it forced us to you know, tip our cap to Vince Carter yesterday. Those yeah. teams are done. The Knicks can go off with their kind of new head coach search, and Thibodeau could be the like front runner, but they've got time. Okay, these other teams are literally going to be playing meaningful, high stakes, intense games. You know, in, in potentially in early October, only two months before they sack up and do it again. To me, that's another inconsistency that should be talked about. I agree. Um, I think actually, it it to me, it it actually gives me an early uh, look. And again, we don't know the specifics of how the offseason will work. I do think uh, I do think overall there will be some reallocation of the, of the dates. Uh, but it might give me an early look for some of these teams that just missed out that might have really low win totals next year. To give them that extra ramp-up time might be – and again, we don't know the full variable. And in the other all- direction too, right? Fade the tired champs. Yeah. Like the Lakers, if they have to go through the gauntlet of this – and then you come back next year and it's a shortened off season and you've got right. LeBron and everyone a year older and right. uh, with, without the rest time. So I, I think it, it, what it does at the least, it offers up an early look for us as handicappers to kind of, you mm-hmm. know, stake our flag uh, in, into a certain location uh, on a certain team that we might be able to find some value. And I actually was doing some research over the weekend uh, about, 
the paradox I don't put that of, you. the paradox of skill and how the the playing field in handicapping is about to be a lot more level uh, because mm. of the influx the information of that's out books and the information yeah. that is continuing Absolutely. to become available. It's going to be harder and harder for us to get edges. And I liken right. it to what we saw uh, in 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 sports during the early times, where if you look back at the early you know, yeah. early, when I say early, I mean like Babe Ruth days where Babe Ruth was so far ahead, the gap between the best player, Babe Ruth, and the average player was so far that it was easy for, for Babe to be great because he was so much better than everyone else, where now, mm-hmm. if you liken that to sports gambling, there yeah. were so many gamblers that were basically by themselves doing this. Now we are adding people to that mix and they are getting better as the years go on Absolutely. doing it. So the the gap between the best better in the world and the average better is now going like this. It's so small, it's yeah. hard. Information is out there too. Yeah, right, and Jared, people you know? think people think we're betting against the house, which we are, but we're betting against other betters to beat them to the right numbers too. So right. the better the other gamblers get, the better the harder it is to find edges. So if we can we identify edges, we see how hard it is to find something a bad line in the NFL versus say lower level college women's college basketball, right? The entire industry is becoming sharper and moving it closer to the NFL lines instead of the the gap or the opportunity of the misinformed line or the misinformed better. Yeah, I think the misinformed better in this case, it, there's fewer of them. Right. Uh, first of all, if you watch our show, you should not be misinformed. Um, yeah. So, and, and I, and, and it's actually, it's kind of funny because I get asked this all the time. Like, why are you giving out all this free information? Granted, I'm getting paid to give out free information. So it's not like I'm giving out free information. I'm getting paid. So it, it, it is, it, it, it's a paradox. It's called the paradox of skill. There's books written about it. And as we go, and I, it, it, it likens it to sports too. And, and I think it's why we've seen the level of play of the average athlete increase because as the athletes increase, that gap between good and great gets smaller and it gives us more equal play. That's why we're not seeing as many dynasties now as mm-hmm. we've seen in the past. There are no dynasties in, in, in the leagues anymore. Very, very rare to see a oh. dynasty in sports. Even the Warriors got their dynasty busted up last year by the Raptors. So I, I it, it is interesting to kind of see how the good teams get better and the great teams aren't able to really get better because they're already great. So sure. yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking, yeah, I'm going to look at some of these teams that just missed out yeah. and I'm going to try to find an edge with some of them because I think it's harder to find edges as we go along this uh, crazy mixed up road of gambling. So, you know how I've asked you to put your GM hat on before, whether it's about the draft or otherwise, I'm going to put on my negotiating hat here. Yeah. I've got an idea. I got an idea, Jared, because obviously there's this big time discrepancy in teams that haven't won't have played since March versus the tired oh. potential champion. I also remember telling you yesterday, remember, there's in the in the money of it all, right? Who if, if the Minnesota Timberwolves only play have like an 18% of their pay still get paid out and the, the Rockets have only six, that's another difference. Okay. And and I learned something also about NBA and contracts. I dug a little bit deeper into that and other reports. And um, they also, the NBA has an agreement already to uh, cut salaries off of prorated schedules. It's called force majeure. It's the legal term for like knowing how many games are lost and how to change up the salaries. All right. And so what this proposal did was identify how many games were lost. Right. And they've already made this agreement. When a, when a, when a basketball player makes like say $10 million in a year, they don't actually make 10 million, Jared. 
Okay, it's actually not even actually determined until after all the league revenue yeah. comes right. up and they make their split. Okay, league revenue ain't gonna be what it is this year. Okay, yeah. so they're gonna have to figure that out. But that's already baked in. Okay, and so this is a big time difference for the teams who aren't playing anymore and the teams who do. So I have an idea. Let's take the eight teams who didn't qualify and let's put them in a tournament. Let's put them in a tournament so they can play some games, right? And they can earn some money, fulfill the TV contracts. There would, we have to have some stakes on it, right? And the stakes would clearly be about the damn ping pong balls. We talk all the time about, you know, the weighted lottery and all this stuff. People are trusting the process and tanking. Well, now they can be competitive about it. They can earn their keep, these teams. They can stay fresh in, you know, call it August, whenever these regular season games are going on. In the same way, Jared, that the playoff teams will skip ahead their schedule. They're ways to figure it out right they earn their money these markets would be interested because maybe they get the first pick or the eighth pick that's a real difference you get some of that local tv revenue back you know and it seems to smooth out some of these inconsistencies we're talking about because there are financial inconsistencies with the pay cuts that are going to have to happen there are scheduling differences you know so maybe we can find an answer here how about this how about we have a, would, or actually, I'll, re, I'll rephrase it this way. Let's say it's July 4th weekend yeah. or, you know, August 1st. Sure. And the Knicks are playing, I don't know. The Hawks. The Cavs. Yeah, the Hawks with the winner getting the number one pick. There would you go. You, would you watch? Damn right. Damn yes. right I'd be. And I bet you I'll take interest, it one right? further. I'll take it one further. Let's say let's say we live in a world again where we can have fans and let's say this is a format that we can use in the forward in going forward. Do you think the garden would be sold out yeah. if the Knicks were playing the, the second worst team in the league yes. with the number one pick on the line? Yes, absolutely. You make these eight teams into a bracket, into a tournament or something like that, right? There's ways to do this. The NHL, the NBA, we're talking about World Cup style group stage. Put these guys in one. Okay. It's absolutely fine. You get them fresh and, you know, you have to check a lot of other union kind of boxes, right, in terms of pay, in terms of television rights. This would do that. And then to Damian Lillard's point, he only wants to play if competitive balance, if there's something on the line. You could do that and raise interest. I think Silver did hit a home run in terms of the creativity. But now that we're hearing about more and more little details to be ironed out, I think this could be one. We'll talk about it a little bit more. But, Jared, I also want to get your good old sports investing brain on, you know, involved in how we're going to handicap this, uh, whether it's winners, whether it's losers, whether it's playoff teams or not. Because, you know, in this pandemic, Jared, I've heard two points. And we'll set it up and talk about it more after the break. I've heard the idea that we're taking plus numbers, right, because of the variance. I, we've heard that. The idea of these plus these underdogs in UFC are coming home all the time. I've also heard that because of this pandemic, let the cream rises to the top. We take this quality, you know, road favorites are coming in and boom, this league of left and right. Which one do you want to apply to the NBA playoffs? I'll ask you the question when we come back. It is Dane and Jared on In Game Live. We are rolling and there's not even American team sports playing live. We're still here. Hopefully you will be too. Come on back.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on the search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. In a winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, everybody, to In-Game Live. Dana and Jared going around the world of sports, digging into the NBA, and we continue to do so now. I mean, it don't matter, right, Jared? There could be no live American team sports going on. We still, the content train rolls on. You coined that like two months ago, and here we <laughs> still are, right, helping people. Doing this now for like three months. 
Absolutely. So, you know, I wanted to ask you, because literally people are trying to read tea leaves, right, with the return to sports. And I've honestly seen, you know, in the UFC, you know, the first three cards, we had the underdog in the main event come in, in, right, at plus 150, plus 170. But then on the other side, there's been, you know, people who I respect who say coming out the gate, you know, the cream rises to the top. You know, this idea of, say, and I mentioned the example of the road favorites in Bundesliga are coming in at a pretty decent clip. Um... So those to me look like opposite approaches to investing in the return return after the pandemic, if that makes sense. And when I see the NBA and their futures market, we talked a little bit about it. You know my Eastern Conference. But I was struck by the fact that there are three big-time favorites in the NBA, right? You know, obviously, the L.A. teams and Giannis and the Bucks, And then there's something of a drop-off. Right to teams like Houston, like Boston, like Toronto, like Miami, others you may want to put in there, Denver, Utah, and the list goes on. In the context and case study of the NBA contenders, are you more likely out the gate to lean with these big boys or to lean with variants? Like, I think the Rockets are an amazing variance opportunity. You know, we talk about some players that are coming back. There's the potential that, oh, God forbid, you know, that Anthony Davis tests positive for COVID, right? So if I gave you the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Clippers, and I took the field, would you make that bet with me? What are the odds? Those straight up. You get those three, I get everyone else. I'll take the three. <laughs> All right. Tell me why. Tell me why. Well, I, I, well, I think this is a, first of all, I reserve my right to change my opinion before the season starts. Um, <laughs> because obviously I'll take the three you're sitting on right now. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I reserve my right to change my opinion once the season's or once, once we get closer to July 31st, but today I would take the three because I do think the mentally tough. And actually, here, I'll even make it more interesting for you. Can I trade the Bucks for it for another team? Ooh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, you cannot. I you would can take one of the teams I want to have. Yeah, I know exactly which team you want. You want to take Toronto uh, or Boston or Miami, one of those three, I would say, probably the three you're thinking of. Uh, I, I happen to like all three. Um, I, I think— I would be hanging my hat on Boston, Toronto, Miami, and Houston. Yeah, no, I—well, I, here's the thing about Houston— um, They've got a they've got a tough road and they could fall not out of the playoffs entirely, but they could drop to seven for sure and have to play the Clippers in the first round. Their live is all hell at any point. I I agree. I agree. And I think they have the most talent of all of the non teams that we're talking about here. Um, I, I think overall the Bucks to me don't fit this mold, but I'll give you the handicap of why I would lean towards the top teams and not the field. So to me, the physical side of this restart is going to be what takes us the longest to handicap. I don't know how LeBron's muscles at age 33, 34 are going, or how long he's going to need to ramp up. I don't know. I, I've, we've never been in this situation before. We have no data to back up a three-month layoff and then a resumption of a season in a shortened window where all of these things are happening. There, there's no precedent for this. So, I, I can't tell you his physical uh, abilities and how that compares to what the handicap of the entire field is. What I can handicap today on June 7th is the fact that LeBron, unlike a lot of these other players, I throw Kawhi into this mix as well, will be mentally ready. And I think 
first of all, Doc Rivers is a great coach. I, sure. I don't know. I don't know if Frank sure. Vogel's on that level. I put Popovich there. I put Brad Stevens there. Stevens. I put Nick okay. Nurse there. Um, I'd even put Eric Spolstra there in terms right. of elite coaches yeah. in shaping and framing the mindset of their teams to you said match. Doc, right? You said Doc. Yeah. Yeah. I said Doc is the Doc. Yeah. I think would be first. Sure. I think Doc and Pop would be the first yeah. that I think of. And then I'd put Spolstra, Nurse, Stevens as the Stevens. second tier, sure. the younger, the younger sure. tier, with you. the up and coming tier of coaching. Um, those are the teams I expect to be mentally ready. So that I can handicap. I I know that the Clippers are not going to lay an egg because they're unprepared up here. Okay. They might not be physically ready, and that could hamper their you know their depth, uh, how long they can last in this kind of environment. Uh, but mentally, I am very, very confident that two out of those three teams you mentioned, LeBron obviously being the one uh, catalyst on one side and Doc Rivers being the one catalyst on the other side, will be ready to go. And I, I have full faith in that. I do. All right. Awesome. Let me ask you then, because I remember at this point, I think it was last weekend, you know, when we were doing it, we were looking at the NHL series prices, right? And you were riding high on dog heaven. Right, you were like, I'm gonna take this plus money. I'm gonna take this plus money. One goalie can get hot. I don't know how they're gonna react. You know, sure, the coaching, I'll give you the mental side, some of that. But it did seem to me, at least, like you were happy to take the variance and lean underdog. Yet here, you're taking the top three. You know, well, so yeah, is there any it's a little. It's it's hard because Explain now me. that I have, it's not that I won't. I, I guess I've kind of been, you, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you, this is a crazy example, but when you're on a, if you ever go on a blind date, uh, and you talk to the person on the phone first, and in your mind you view them as a certain type or a certain way, and then you meet that person, sure. and then you got like catfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was viewing the Rockets as this. Oh man, like they're really kind of the chaos theory team ah. in all of this because of the talent and the price is right. Whereas the talent doesn't match the price. But now once we get to the date, we're in the restaurant, we see mm -hmm. the schedule and we're like, eh, it doesn't quite look the same as I thought. Right, in my head. Right, so, right. so that, that's why I'm not as high on the Raptor or excuse me on, on the Rockets today as I was three days ago when we didn't know what this format was going to be. It's not that I don't like the Rockets. I still think that they could overperform what their number is giving us now. But now that I have another piece of information, another data point to kind right. of base this off of, I don't have the same view of the Rockets as I did 72 hours ago. Okay, fair enough. Listen, I just, you know, in this time, right, the comeback off the pandemic, variance is going to be involved in some level. Whether that yeah, I'd is rather go more variance now. Sure. Now that whether I've seen it. Right, and whether that's the priority for you over the coaching or over the talent is is up for reasonable people to try to figure it out and give their opinion. I hear you get paid to do that, Jared. That's pretty <laughs> cool. Um, I did want to tell you something. I have come to a time, well, talking about variants, I want to turn my attention here to Major League Baseball. I'm ready to share with you my variants team for Major League Baseball. I think I know the team, in my opinion, Jared, okay. where if we play like 50 games, I'm on them even more than before. You want to know? Do you want me to tell you the secret? Because I can get what I like about them. I can get them at 18 to 1 at something I think is possible. Um, I'm on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Jared. 
Let me tell you something, okay? Let me tell you something. First of all, the Astros are dramatic favorites in that division, and we talk about how you look at it comprehensively. If that's an overlay, then there's an underlay somewhere else. I think it's the damn Angels. And One of my favorite you, phrases, by the way, overlay. What's that? Yeah, right. I'm going to start using that a lot. You got, did you hit the pick four on uh, Friday? No, I did. I did hit the pick Whatever. four. Right. So, I just missed the daily double at Gulfstream, too. Check so I'm a little this out, pissed. though. Check this out, the elements, and we can talk about the characteristics, right, of a good variance team. Yeah. One, you talked about the coaching, right? They just hired Joe Madden, right? A new, new early Joe Madden. I like that, right? The message is not stale in this kind of environment. I like that. You talk about talent rising to the top? Oh, yeah, Mike Trout in the middle of that lineup, and they just brought in Anthony Rendon, okay? Talk about talent in the middle of that lineup. Okay, talk about streaky guys they have who I know can carry a team for short portions or because of a condensed schedule, it could be great. Albert Pujols only has to play 48 games, Jared. You know, Justin Upton is streaky. He can put you on his back for three weeks if need be. Go look at Tommy LaStella's stats before he broke his leg in a surprise advance last year, okay? Don't forget about who else is now all of a sudden healthy, not only for the offense, but on the mound as well for this team, Jared. Otani is ready to play both ways if we start in the summertime, okay? Don't forget about also they got, you know, guys that are, uh, in my opinion, in the pitching rotation were not sexy names that they brought in via free agency but could be kind of clean slate guys with variants. Julio Teheran from Atlanta and Dylan Bundy out of Baltimore. I'm not saying Dylan Bundy is amazing, Jared, okay? But as a number four with Teheran, Otani and uh, Heaney, who people like to always potentially take a step. I think it's a quality four-person rotation. You know their offense is there. I think they have good coaching, and they have the best player in the sport, and they're 18-1 to to win the American League. I am totally fine with that uh, price. I think the more we get to a scenario that is obviously looking more and more like a 50 or in, in this case, a 48 I game told scenario. You Pujols plays the entire season for the yeah, Angels. Yeah, no, all 48 <laughs> games. No, I, I, I agree. And I, I think the the reason why this is going to be, and, and I do, and you know, just to clarify, we only got a couple minutes left so we can yeah. get into this after the break. Sure. But I, I do, I do think this 1994 world where the players will have to decide whether they want to play or not. Um, and that will obviously impact whether or not anything that I'm about to say matters because if they choose not to play then then who cares what our what our lines are but I just think they have it, the characteristics to benefit from this kind of schedule I, I agree I, I think a 50 game scenario benefits gamblers way more than it benefits uh, uh public it benefits sharps more than it benefits the public the public's gonna bet the Yankees and mm-hmm. the, and and the Dodgers and and, you and, and those them. those teams are not going to benefit from this format those teams are going to be drastically hamstrung by the fact that depth isn't a factor anymore. The Yankees and the Dodgers, the reason why they're so good is because they're so deep and there's so many options right. for them. Whereas if you shorten the season, you you don't need seven starters. You really only need four. Depth so, doesn't I, get tested. Yeah, it's it does so a team that isn't as deep in the rotation in the bullpen isn't as important. Anything can happen in short yeah. periods. 
It's very, very interesting. And I like the Angels. I just think they have the characteristics to be able to take advantage. And having Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon as the MVPs in your lineup is not bad either. You know, Jared, you've asked about this Max Scherzer tweet, right? He doesn't trust the owners on the finances. Well, I figured it out, Jared. I'm going to take you in. I'm going to open up the books for you and uh, see how you feel. Because you once said you were down and understood the owners. I got raw math here. Okay, we're going to do a little back of the envelope math. I'll explain it. You'll see uh, where we're going to land for a Major League Baseball season. We figure that out on the flip side of In Game Live after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflategate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Pop. 
Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3 0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. In-game live here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge, Dan and Jared. That is what we do. At the same time, we put the fun in functional, you know, gambleaholic, you know, because we are making it fun. I got to ask you, how did you hear about Herman? Uh, you know, was this like Facebook? Was he where I had a Instagram? Did you get a- uh, I got an Instagram message from a friend um, really? because I, I put it out there that I, you know, was going to get a haircut in Connecticut yesterday. I had planned to like, drive to Connecticut. I just walk over here. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. I was like, well, I could rent the car for 100 bucks, drive to Connecticut, get my haircut. And don't get me wrong, I was that desperate to get a haircut that I was actually considering right, right. renting a car for 100 bucks and going to Connecticut to drive and get it. And then my friend Instagram messaged me and said, you know, there's this dude in right by CPW, Central Park West on 72nd, that's giving them out for free. And that's the best part about this. Not the best part, but it's the most in- interesting part to me. He's not allowed to charge you for the haircut because it's not an essential business. So he has to give them for free. And then out of the kindness of your heart, if you decide to donate. Exactly. So I gave him a couple of, I I gave him a couple of Andrew Jackson's for his time. I I was like, whoa, if it's now open for discussion, what'd you actually do? Because I remember as a kid, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, right? There was like a suggested donation. And so, you know, if I want to go in and kill five hours with my friends on a half day or something, speaking of money. Okay, and what we believe and what is ethical to do, you've been asking, Max Scherzer has been asking, about them to open up the books, right? Let's see. You're going to take a loss? Prove it. I've been able to dig up some numbers. Yeah, okay, 538 did a piece with Forbes magazine, other places, like the fan cost index kind of pieced it all together. And here's what we've got. You're going to see a graphic up on the screen, okay? So first on the revenue side, Jared, on the revenue side, you know, normally – you know, there's the gates, right? There's other things like concession stands, parking, beer, you know, the national TV contracts, your local TV contracts, sponsorship deals, right? Money centrally from Major League Baseball, whatever. Those elements in a normal season, okay, with the gate and the stuff at the stadium being kind of the vast majority of it, that adds up to, here's the number you need, normally $9.9 billion, with a B dollars, okay? And so if they played it, though, half the season and without fans, right? That gate revenue goes to zero. The other big driver, you know, the beer sales, the t-shirt sales, the parking at the, that goes to zero also. That's a huge chunk. They maintain all their national TV contracts, some but not all of the local deals and the sponsorships. But honestly, you know, the gates made up 2.8 billion. The other revenue at the ballpark made up like 1.7 billion. That's a big chunk of it. That's just zeroed out, right? So now with half with no fans, We've been able to calculate what their actual revenue would be in that model is $4.2 billion, down from 9.9, okay? Now, on the outside, right, the expenses side, in a normal season, okay, player salaries are 4.6 
billion dollars. Okay, other costs, uh, you know, maintaining the stadium, other workers, right? That's another four billion. Their normal expenses are eight point seven. Their normal revenue is nine point nine. Okay, so they make like one point one, one point two billion dollars a year normally. For this half season without fans, right? If they cut the salaries just in half, and they cut all the other expenses just in half, their expenses. Remember, the revenue cut in half would be 4.2. Their expenses, if you prorated and cut everything in half, would be 4.3 billion dollars. So it is proven they would, in fact, lose money. Okay, if they just played these 82 games with no fans. With no But fans. But remember, yeah. here's what we actually had. We've been able to calculate. What their break-even number would be would not be 50% of the salaries. If you trimmed it down just to 47% of the salaries, it would be the break-even number. But that's not what the Major League Baseball proposal was. Okay, when we heard about all the extra cuts, that in fact trimmed it down all the way to 24%, half of the half, in fact. Okay, and ironically, that would change the expense equation to 3.1 billion. All of a sudden. Right off the 4.2 revenue, maintaining the 1.1 or 1.2 billion dollar profit margin. That is the proposal that the MLB is making. What it would be to maintain the 1.1 billion dollar profit. So here's what we know. And Jeff Passan just came out with a piece with very similar math. Okay, round the decimal point, call it. Major League Baseball is okay. This like last resort. You know what I mean? That 48 yeah. games, that 50 games, that is where the calculus is. So that if they had to prorate the salaries, they would still make money. Okay, because not off the 82 game model, but off 48 or 50 or 60, they've already agreed. The owners have said we can do the normal prorating force majeure at that level and still turn a profit. The players are saying we're okay with. Force majeure, the prorating of salaries at the 82 game level. Yeah, the owners say they lose money. So I will guarantee you right now, Jared, we will have a season, and it will be between 48 and 82 games. I agree. Is going on right now. Those are the flagpoles, Jared. Okay, and they are figuring out that's the calculation. The owners are right. To do it in that strict prorated, they would lose money. Okay, um, so they got to figure out how to meet in the middle of those two flagpoles. Does that make sense, Jared? So what you're telling me is that the owners are not lying. Max Scherzer yep. is not uh, correct in his claim that if we opened up the books, we would see the owners are bamboozling the players. Um, I think it weakens the players' position, and I think it strengthens the owners' claim. And I I agree with you. I think we'll get we will get and and here's where I'll differ a tad. I think we will get a mandate from right. Rob Manfred, a man a mandate from Manfred uh, that says this is how many games we're gonna play, and then the players will then have to decide whether or not they play. They like 94, they have the right to strike. That would obviously be totally that disastrous. would turn the court public opinion though dramatically. Oh. I in totally agree. Case, though, right? And that's why like, oh, this... millionaires and billionaires, we can't agree on money. But if something's happening and then it's like, oh, the country needs baseball. And it's the players then saying, nah, we ain't showing up. Then all of a sudden you flip flop the court of public opinion in my, you know, in my humble opinion. That's But this why is... Scherzer pushed so hard for this. Right. 
And I, and I think that, to me, that is the more intriguing part of this. Why Max Scherzer would put forth such a public statement accusing the owners of basically fraud, for lack of a better word, if there's really no hard, if if you and me who are not, I mean, you know, we're 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 intelligent people, but we're not lawyers, we're not accountants. No. If if we can figure out that, yeah, I'm telling this, you know, Jeff Passan put it out, five thirty eight put it out. So in essence, why we know would Max Scherzer make that claim? That's the more troubling part to me. Is that it's almost like they want people to look at their stance, whether or not it's rooted in fact or fake news. And in this case, it's fake news. And for Max Scherzer to make that claim so publicly against the owners, I had always been leaning owner here, even though it's 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 against what I'm used to doing. I've always leaned towards the size of the owners because I've always used the 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 common sense test. Like, yeah, it makes sense to me that the owners aren't going to be able to pay you out in full based on a no fan season. Right. That's a very yeah. normal. So at this kind of like 48 games, right? It probably maintains the profit margin more than the players would like, right? And this 82 game season though is a non-starter for the owners because it overflows. They lose money. They lose money. And so what's also being figured out, I don't have the exact number in front of me, right? If it's 82 to 48, every single one of those games in this calculation is worth a certain amount of loss right, in revenue and how they have to figure it out. And so the question still remains on how will they share the pain of this lost revenue this season? And they're going to have to figure it out in the NBA as well. Ironically, the problem here is, Dane, is that it's yeah. June 7th and we have no deal yet. That's right. Well, also, now we're only talking about the 48 clock, games, though. The biological clock yeah, is ticking. But, even if, you, but even if you only do 48 games, and I thought it was absurd that the uh, players thought that they were going to start a season on June 30th. Right. Uh, that was absurdity. Even back on June 1st, that was absurdity. We're a week later now, and it's still no deal. So uh, 48 games is going to take you two months. Right. So you could start so in August. You could start August, I guess, and then you would right. finish August the season in October. Yeah, no, September, you're right. That's, you know, the so 48 games buys them some time. It does right. buy them some it lets time. It them kick the can down the road. That's it why it's the last it buys That's why them it's months. the last resort in the first place, right? In the it same way that months. you're talking about the NBA had two months to iron it all out. This is just being done in a forced way. You know what I mean, right? So so the idea <laughs> of it all, right? And and I think what's clear here is every time we talk about the NBA, you, some of the other people I work with on this network, talk about like the well of trust, right? That there yeah. is, that there seems to be, There's whether no it's in Adam Silver, whether it's in the idea that we're talking about this before it's out there, the sausage being made. But here in Major League Baseball, it doesn't seem, there seems to be an absence of trust, okay? And we're talking about Manfred having to do the mandate or do the last option. It's still going to happen, though, in my opinion, right? And so maybe it's just the 48 games. They're figuring out the value of every game to the season and how to split the pain. I think that is ultimately what it comes down to. And Jared, this is any kind of labor negotiation, right? I mean, we talk about these millionaires, you know, and, and yesterday when we were talking about the NBA potential play cuts and you're like, yeah, but they were paid out seven of their eight game checks or whatever before the BRI is calculated. You know, I thought about it and, you know, Chris Rock always said, like, if you make 30 million and your wife has to split 15, that's one thing. But if you make 50,000 and your wife has yeah. to split it, you might have to kill her. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Rock. <laughs> so I wanted to bring it down, Love though. Like, Rock. if you make $100,000, the difference between taking a 5% pay cut and an 18% pay cut 
That's the difference of making 95 or 82 grand. That's real money. You know, that's what are we talking? You know, versus the 18. I do think it is a little bit different. The 82 would become 41. The 95 becomes what, 48? Roughly, yeah. right? Someone making $50,000, the difference between 48 and 41 is real. And I don't know everyone's distinct situation and all, but these are different details. And in MLS, it happened also. I really am hoping that when we get to hour number two, all right, because hour number one in the books, time flies when you put the fun in functional sports content. But, you know, we'll look at the MLS agreement because we talked about it a little, but they were on the brink of a lockout for some of these same issues. Maybe because it was a lower tier sport, we just didn't pay attention to how the sausage was made, right? But it was out there also. So we're gonna get to the NFL. We're gonna hopefully get to another position of fantasy baseball. We're gonna get to the MLS and apply some of this same logic to another sport, right? That is increasing in popularity, has incentive to get out there first and be the only game in town in the month of July, and MLS may do so. We talk about all of that when we come back. It is our number two of in-game live on a summertime Sunday. He's Jared. I'm Dane. We'll be here after the break. Hopefully, you will be too. Keep it locked. We're giving you the edge on Sports Grid. It's in-game live. Come on back for hour number two after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cam Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. 
Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.